yay, yay. Children. Yeah, the hey. witch hat. Yeah. That's adorable. Look at you. Hold on, Where'd I gotta it? turn up the uh, the dollar oh. store like two years ago. No kidding. Yeah. And it held up all these years. <laughs> yeah, because I haven't <laughs> used it. <laughs> okay. Look, 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 look. Cute. This is like show and tell. That's so awesome. April got me this sweater for our one year anniversary. And it says future ghost written <laughs> on the front. So if you're a Patreon member, you can see this. If you're not, sad to be you. You'll never that sucks. <laughs> and for our one year thing, Katie got me this true crime atlas. Which I'm really excited to read because I already have seen some I haven't heard of before. Oh, really? Yeah. You know it, what I didn't pay attention to? Is it like international or is it just within the U.S.? Um, like are the stories? I didn't actually look it at says it that closely. Worldwide Guide. Oh, Worldwide. To okay. Murders, Thieves, Kidnappers, and Con Men. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of like, and it's like quick snippets. It has like pictures included in it so yes i thought that you would want more something pretty to look at than to actually sit and read (laughs) yeah i'm kind of excited because it gives me some ideas for my um words on deck desk desk stories yeah and that's kind of what i appreciate it just to kind of alleviate that a little bit that you can Mm -hmm. literally just whip out a book and be like ah here's something Let's turn the page to, oh, we're going to do. Or like, who's the creepiest looking one? (laughs) Yeah, who has the most, the worst face? Anyway, I'm excited. Well, good. Yeah. Hey, hold on just a second. Okay. Sorry, Mitch isn't home yet. And I've been telling the kids to go inside. And they've come (laughs) out three times. It's okay. Before we even started recording. That's all right. I'm surprised you put the words all across instead of on top of each other. Do you like it that way? Yes, only because, like, I feel like this way, I don't know. I have I kinda, this thing. I didn't picture it that way, but I kind of like it because, like, when someone right. says, what does your shirt say? You don't have to, like, say, look at my chest. Right. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know? Well, not only that, but, like, I don't want people to, like, sit and look at my chest. Like, I just had this weird thing about, like, things that, like, attract people to look at me, <laughs> you know? So I feel like if it's this way, like, if they look, they're like, oh, it just says something. They don't and actually try to read it. I know the size is too big, but I personally like oh. my sweater's baggy. It's so comfy. Okay, good. I was going to ask, is this from Target? Target, yeah. The sweater? Yeah. Jeez. It no, looks it's like all... went up in size because my arms are extremely long. See, that's what I was worried about the small because yeah. I knew that you would have probably fit the small because Target usually runs their stuff a little bit bigger. Okay, like their sweatshirts, anyways. Because mm-hmm. um, I've gotten a small in some in a sweater at their whatever, but yeah. your arms are way longer than mine, and so yeah. I know have that... we talked about that on yeah. the pod yet. <laughs> I think so. Okay. But I have midget arms. Yes. They're an inch each short of what yeah. they should be. And then Katie's are an inch yeah. longer than they should yeah. be. Yeah, which is so, so weird. It is really weird. I think it's hilarious. But I'm yeah. glad it's comfy because yes. I bought myself one too. <laughs> you did? Yeah. It's super cute. Have you put words on it? Not yet. No. I think I'm going to put the future ghost on it too. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's hilarious. It's really cute. I was debating whether or not to put it here or like on the back 
in the oh on the one. back oh yeah, yeah okay that'd be cute i was like do i want people to look at my butt I, no well i like it You're i like look it. at me i want to see you look at me you, you know? should take a selfie with your little pumpkin behind you oh, and your okay. new sweater really hold on hold on hold on because we're gonna have to put something on instagram something what should i do with my hair <laughs> <laughs> i need someone to take a picture of me oh that probably just because it's hard to like see it all at once yeah. but for those who want an update i survived my maid of honor speech yes april tell us about your speech we are all dying to know how you felt it went and um, then i'll tell I you how it actually went actually hated it after what? i did it <laughs> okay sorry my- go ahead my some of the stuff I said I thought would land differently like some things I thought were funny and people didn't laugh and then other things that I didn't think would be funny people laughed oh and so I was like okay like this like where is my humor at? <laughs> I, know. I don't know what I'm saying at well, anyway but I think yeah. right after I was like really worried because I thought that I said things in a weird way that didn't come across how I intended them to. And then I did skip a section because I lost my place. That was a little bit more like sentimental and like Mm. more feelings instead of like roasting them um, or roasting me and Josh or roasting either of them anyway. um, Mm. So yeah, I thought it was okay. I was worried about it. But then luckily, I'm glad that you recorded it because then I was able to go back and listen to it. And like, I listened to it and I was like, oh, that's so cringy. But then, and then Josh was like, you were mean to me the whole time. And I was like, I didn't mean to do that. It was just like, I, I made fun of myself. I made fun of Josh. I made fun of Jordan and I made fun of Corey. Yeah. Because it's just like how... Everyone How you is. guys are. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, uh, I was worried that it came across as me just like sitting there being a bitch to Josh. And then like, and then he said I came across as like needy and, and desperate. And I was like, no, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, and you so did not. After no, I talked to not. you and I talked to Mitch, like I felt better about it. And then I listened to it again and I was like, you know what? It was fine. Like it was my first yeah. one. I'm probably never going to do it again. And it was fine. But I did text Jordan and I was like, hey, just so you know, I skipped a whole section because I lost my place and I was nervous to go back and sound like an idiot. So I was just like, just so you know, I love you and everything is amazing. (laughs) But yeah. yeah. Anyway. You know what? Don't worry about it. The most important thing was them on that day. right? Right. And your message to them, it was heartfelt. It was great. And who cares if people didn't laugh laugh at your jokes? (laughs) And I feel bad too because I'm like, crap, maybe I didn't laugh because like I was so focused on recording because, okay, guys, I was like five hurricanes in. (laughs) So I was at a category five, one might say. (laughs) So I I was just pretty tipsy. I was was focused on trying to hold the camera still that I wonder if I'm like, crap, maybe I was crickets when I shouldn't shouldn't have been. I was probably a bad audience member. But no, you did great. You did a well, great job. Well, when I said, and then she met this guy, everyone laughed so hard. And I was like, why is that funny? <laughs> like, I think it's, I don't know. I don't know. I just couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint why that was funny and other things were not funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that you just have a higher level of humor. 
listen, I'm funnier and no yeah, one understands. You are funnier. Right. <laughs> it's fine. It's yep. fine. But right. no, it was it was good and it wasn't as I wasn't as nervous as I thought I would be. Like mm-hmm. I didn't crumble under the pressure, which I expected kind of. Like yeah. I expected to either like blubber where no one could yeah. hear me or I expected to like totally cave and just say I can't do this because I was so scared but um when I got up there and like I didn't look at anybody specifically like I kind of scanned the room and acted like Mm -hmm. no one was there and I think that helped but I wish I would have like looked at Jordan and Corey more like I was Mm -hmm. talking to them and not like anyway there's just things I wish I would have done differently but I I think it turned out okay see and I I remember it in my version of my memory, your speech was just great. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't think it was bad. I, I wouldn't overanalyze it is what I'm trying to say. Like, I think that you got out there. You did a great job. I really liked how you, like, I told you this, but I like how you were able to be like, if you don't know Jordan, then oh yeah, this is how she is. You know, like, yeah. that was yeah. nice because a lot of people might not know Jordan or might not know Corey and like right. yeah and then beyond that if they didn't understand the humor with certain things it's because they literally don't know you guys and your humor right you know that's why our circle is small <laughs> right? <laughs> right and it keeps so. getting smaller <laughs> and it keeps shrinking <laughs> by the day <laughs> but yeah so it was good like all the bridesmaids were really like everyone got along which I was surprised because half of them were sisters so Uh I thought there would be a little bit more tension or like fighting Mm -hmm. or bickering but everyone got along really good and I was excited about that like it it was just chill it was a good time the wedding went really fast and I was kind of sad because I wanted to linger in some of the things but I just wish we were able to dance more that was my only cool. thing. That was the only well, thing. Like, the makeup took way longer than we thought it would, and I think that cut into a lot of other mm. things. So, mm. yeah. Gotcha. But it was amazing. Jordan and Corey yep. had one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever been to, Aside, yes. literally aside from Maui, because I think you can't beat it. I just don't <laughs> no, think you can beat it. So, no, like, the, the chillness of Maui and, like, how you just have natural, like, Mm-hmm. scenery oh just people but, on the beach <laughs> yeah but I really I thought their wedding turned out really nice yes so. it did it was great yeah. it was beautiful the food was good the music was good mm-hmm. it was all good I'm surprised I haven't froze yet <laughs> yeah hey oh did you get a new modem no I just oh. put the extender thingy in a different spot Maybe it's your witch hat just sends a better signal. Maybe it's the vibes. Maybe yeah. I'm less frustrated. <laughs> so, like, it's just working out. Watch, right. I just jinked us. Knock on wood. All right. Oh, and wait. It- I wanted to light a ceremonial candle. Okay. <laughs> There's two here. One for me, one for you. Don't let them tip over. They shouldn't. But these are, like, old antique candlesticks that I got from <gasps> Savers, like, cool. years ago. They're probably haunted. I love them, though, because they're, like, iron. <laughs> so let's light it on fire. Yeah. And these... Hold on. Oh, oh look. Candles are the ones that you get from Walmart, and as it burns, it looks like it's bleeding. Isn't that so cool? It's two bucks. 
<laughs> I was gonna say, oh look, it's my will to live. It's on fire. Although it, just kidding. it's uh, it's like dwindling. Hold on. This one, this one does not want to light. That's the one. That's me. That's my. Ah. I don't know. Who do you think is more stubborn out of the two of us? I'd say you. Yeah, I'm way more stubborn. Okay, well, here's to the next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> so we'll just watch those candles bleed. If you're on Patreon. Here, we can do this. If you're not. Oh. Toast to the next year. April's <laughs> got her cute little Halloween mug that we have seen before. I have Powerade. <laughs> I just forgot to plan ahead again. I just grabbed what was in the fridge and I was like, this will work. Yeah, it'll work just fine. I have Okay, listen, I have iced coffee Reese's flavor, and I had very high expectations. Hmm. Hey, Not do, great. You know a, do you guys want to know a really good fall whiskey drink? Not a whiskey uh, drinker, but I'll listen. I made this one up. Maybe it's out there, but I just mixed it one day because that's just what was in the fridge, and I am in love. Okay, porter whiskey, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. They have a peanut butter cup flavored one. It's like a Reese's peanut butter cup flavored one. Yeah. Mix that with cream soda. Mmm. It is so good. I love cream soda though. Like I'm, I'm a I don't fan. really like cream soda. No? But no. that's why I was like, well, I guess I'll drink cream soda. I'm like, is there anything I can put in it? Oh, <laughs> so here's some whiskey. <laughs> yeah, so I just mixed it and I was like, this is actually really good. Nice. So try it out. Try it out. If you I like it. You know what I started watching? What? Sorry, this is we're just gonna take a million years for this, but okay. I started watching Intervention. They have one season on Netflix. Mm -hmm. What is that? It's literally episodes of people who think they're like addicts that are think that they're on a what is it called a documentary about addiction, okay. and it's really their family is setting up an intervention. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's being interviewed and like we're telling the story of this person who's an addict. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, they do the intervention yeah. and they read their letters and stuff and have a bottom line. Like if you don't go get help, then like you're cut off. Or if you don't go get help, like I have to change my locks. You're not invited in my home anymore. Whatever. Wow. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I watched. There's only six episodes on Netflix right now. But I was like, really? this is crazy. I, so is like each episode a different person? Like a yeah. Different case or different whatever. Yeah, and they're only like thirty minutes long. Mm. But I was like, when my kids are like preteens, like thirteen, I'm gonna have them watch it to scare the shit out of them because mm -hmm. people get scars on their faces. You know, like, yeah. like what these hard drugs can do to you. Right. Like it's and some of them have started at, as early as twelve, twelve so years sad. old. It's like, where are these kids getting it from? Just, they find bad friends who have parents who do it or have older siblings who do it. Like, Ugh. and then they're just horrible. It makes me so sad. Anyways, but I'm like, yeah, my kids are going to be freaking watching this when they're 13. Because mm -hmm. how else are you going to scare the shit out of them to not do yeah. drugs, you know? Ugh. Honestly, though, there there's a few educational videos that like stuck with my brain. Mm -hmm. That scared me out of DUIs and like STDs and stuff. Yeah. Like, protected sex. Yeah. Kind of 
Yeah, like, there's some videos out there that will really haunt you. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they really get you. They're like, I don't know. I just think that that's a <clears throat> good tool that I'm going to hold in my pocket. Here. Until yes. I, once I need it, it's going to, my kids are going to be like, mom, where are you watching? Making me watch this. <laughs> like, because. It's like, exists. sit down. <laughs> yeah. Don't move. Stare right Take at notes, the TV. There's a quiz after. <laughs> right. Look at each face and tell me which addict is addicted yeah. to what. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I, I started watching that and then that's kind of it. Cause I've been kind of busy, but mm-hmm. good stuff. That is, that sounds crazy. You know, I've been watching is what? uh we should like make this a new little segment uh <laughs> what i've been watching is what is it called oh i survived a crime have you seen that on Netflix? yeah i want to watch it i haven't seen it yet it's good i would say that it's low budget okay there's, there's a few things that like they say mm-hmm. or like that happen that you're like really <laughs> right but that made that made that made it through <laughs> right but somehow i think sometimes like they just need to kind of fill in and like yeah. it's like buffer information that's like not important. Yeah, right. <gasps> Thank you. Aw. Look at this. So I sweet. You <laughs> Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Love you. How's Aspen's face? Oh, Aspen. So last night, okay, so this morning, I'll just tell you what happened. This morning, she wakes up and goes upstairs and sees that her face is, like, super swollen and, like, mm-hmm. her right eye. Yeah, her right eye was, like, super swollen, like, almost sw- swollen shut. Yeah. And she, she like, freaks out and starts crying. She comes down to me because I was down in my office. And she was, like, freaking out. And she's, like, something's wrong with my face. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh. And so I've seen that before with Luke where, like, his whole face was super swollen. He was, like, three or four years old. And he woke up that way, and it was just allergies, like oh, seasonal yeah. allergies. Like, it's just, like, it's in his pillowcase or whatever, and, you know, we just have to make sure to wash his sheets often. Yeah. And so I told Aspen, I'm like, oh, it's probably just allergies. So I gave her an allergy pill, and then she started to, like, get a little rash, like, right here, like, under her eyes. So I gave her some hydrocortisone cream, kept her home from school, and then all day, like, this rash is just, like spread all over her face and like the swelling's gone down so like her eyes look almost normal now but like this rash is just all over and like getting into her ears and down her neck and i'm like so anyway then i called april and i'm like hey how about we record when i get back from the urgent care because aspen has a rash spreading quickly so anyway and blistering too like she had little blisters like right here by her nose yeah so Go to the doctor, and doctor says that it was a basically a contact dermatitis or something like that. Basically means that whatever she touched, she was allergic to, and then she touched her face, and it got into her, like, nose and eyes and stuff, and then just kind of spread. But they couldn't, I mean, obviously they can't really tell you what it is unless she gets, like, tested for it, right? I guess. So that's what <clears throat> that's what the doctor said she was like well you know if you don't know exactly what she was allergic to then there's really no way of knowing you can just kind of like retrace her steps and kind of figure it out she's like but otherwise i'm just gonna give you this steroid cream and send you on your way hmm. anyway anyway so yeah the the wedding went good your speech went good yeah yeah How was your yeah. weekend what'd you do i literally did nothing 
the wedding yeah. wore me out or like the anticipation of the speech kind of wore me out because I think I was just putting so much on like pressure on myself to do that so anyway the whole weekend I literally did zero things I didn't clean I didn't do anything I just literally <laughs> laid in bed and watched tv for two days oh I can't hear you the wind is getting in the I should I go inside mic check check yeah, I can hear you until, like, randomly it just decides the wind doesn't want to let me hear you. Um, My story is pretty short because I thought that our intro would be way longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So my story is pretty short today, but um, a lot of my information came from, like, Salt Lake Tribune, True Crime Daily, Herald Extra... Fox 13, KSL TV, um, and those things. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. On Friday, July 8th, 2022, so it's a recent one again, um, at 6.30 a.m., police responded to a call at 1200 North, 400 East in Spanish Fork, Utah. A body of a middle-aged man had been found next to a dumpster. Oh, Spanish Fork Fire Department and EMS officials pronounced him dead at the scene. The body was severely beaten and stabbed, so obviously the police determined this death was suspicious and began investigating it as a hom- homicide. Yeah. Um, the body of the man was later identified as 49-year-old Ryan Hooley. Ryan Hooley was a father to five children um, I didn't see whether or not he was married. It looks like he was kind of on and off again with one of his partners. Okay. And I'm not sure if she was the mother to all five children or not. So I'm oh. unsure. Though he made some bad choices in his life that led him to um, spending some time in the homeless community. <clears throat> um, but he was hoping to turn his life around before he was murdered. He was described as goofy, caring, and a harmless guy. Salt Lake, or sorry, Spanish Fork Police Department were still looking on establishing a suspect after interviewing any witnesses that they could find. But then the next morning, they got a call from the Ogden Police Department about 90 miles away. Never go to Ogden. No. No, no. Kidding. Sorry, Ogden people. I didn't mean to offend you kind of like kerns <laughs> it's just kind of like the i would say it's worse than kerns you think i would think i think like, oh the oh. wind is not letting me hear you try that ogden yeah ogden is a portal to hell <laughs> <laughs> i genuinely think what I should go inside when you block the wind from your mic it works so I don't know if you have like a do you have like oh, a I have cutting? that thing. Yeah. There's a storm coming in, I think. Yeah, I see I see rain clouds. But I don't know if they're coming my it's way. Gonna be lightning for the next until nine o'clock. Until nine o'clock. Oh nice. Yeah. Well, if you need to relocate, you can. Well, unless you feel okay for now. As long as like you can hear me and this is going smoothly, then we're I good. can yeah, I can hear you pretty consistently now. Okay, I'm just going to hold this plate right here then. Okay, ba ba ba. So, the 
Spanish Fork Police Department. Spanish Fork Police Department. Oh, that's a lot of words. Okay. They got a call from Ogden and they said, hey, we have a suspicious death and we have some information for you. So let me tell you about that. Okay. So Ogden is 90 miles away from Spanish Fork. Okay. Completely different counties. It's like Ogden is it all the way north of Utah and then there's Salt Lake and then then there's like Orem and then Spanish Fork is south of Orem. Provo. Right. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. People mm-hmm. who are listening who aren't from here don't know what I'm saying, but it's not really that important. <laughs> okay. okay. Anyways. Different counties. Um, so, right. So on July 9th, the next day after the Spanish Fork situation, mm-hmm. um, Ogden Police Department detained Christian Taley, 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 sorry, um, at an apartment complex on 2433 Adams Avenue. After a witness told police, they called police and said, hey, I saw this guy, Taeli, Christian Taeli. Um, he went up to another guy and started kicking and strangling him with a rope. During the struggle, Taeli dragged the victim into the gym and hanged him by the neck. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So That's the police insane. get there at like 7, 10 p.m. Okay. The call was at 7. They're there within a few minutes. So they, they got there, they found Taeli first, detained him, and then went into the gym and found this man, 23-year-old, um, oh, what's his name? 23-year-old Tyler, <laughs> no, <laughs> hold on a second, okay, Tyler Belinti, Belinti, okay, Tyler, mm-hmm. Tyler Belinti, they took his took him down realized he was still alive and immediately transported him to the hospital um immediately to ely so christian to ely the guy who did this to tyler he admitted to doing that to tyler as well as the victim ryan hooley in oh, spanish fork um he was like yeah i did it you'll be surprised why though okay. um Ugh, hold on. That's nuts. Let me back up a sec. Because I wanted to talk about Tyler a little bit. Um, So the victim, 23-year-old Tyler Belinti, he grew up in a Navajo Nation town in Arizona. He <laughs> moved to Utah to attend the Job Corps in Clearfield, and he studied machining and later graduated. He was about to turn 24 and had hopes of getting his own apartment and his own car, of course, before his life was ended uh, randomly. He was in critical condition and was initially hospitalized without any brain activity, which we know is a bad sign. Oh um, a witness told police. Oh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Hold on. I re-said the same exact thing. Okay, so Teeley was taken in for questioning and oh. immediately confessed to killing both Ryan Hooley and Tyler Balinti. Teeley mm-hmm. had no relationship to either victim. He did not know them, had never had a conversation with them. It was completely random. He said he killed both victims because he was directed by a higher power to purge the city. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. 
And he stated that he had no remorse for what he did. What? Yeah. Um, Which is he felt like it was out of duty. Yeah. He felt like he had to clean the city of people. That's scary. That's a scary mindset. Like I think about the actual purge movie. Yeah. I'm like, that is terrifying to have that mindset. Luckily, it's just this one guy. I mean, Mm. I'm sorry that like there were victims at all, but at least it was a a group of people who have this purge mentality and wreaked havoc on the city. You know what I mean? Right. Oh my gosh. That was scary. scary. Right. Well, it makes me think about like the QAnon stuff going on, you know? Yeah. It's like, what if they are motivated to do something in a mass way? Yeah. That's so scary. Yeah. Cause you could get a group of like-minded people who think Mom mentality, various right? things and I mean they can hurt a lot of people you know but it's just so far as far as I could tell by my research it was just him and his own delusions it was not a group of people <clears throat> that I could tell that he was involved with that put these ideas in his head um it screams mental illness to me and you'll see why mm-hmm. um okay. so Chris or Christian to Ely had almost no criminal history prior to the random killing spree he was going on other Mm -hmm. than some traffic violations. um, He was a football star at Spanish Fork High School in 2011 and attended SUU, which is Southern Utah University, from Mm -hmm. 2012 to 2013, where he played football and studied for a degree in mathematics. Um, I'm not 100% sure where he was after 2013 to now. Um, It seems like he got married and had a couple kids and just had a regular job. But just a month before these attacks happened, his ex filed for divorce and they had two kids together. So he was, his Uh, family dynamic kind of fell apart. Yeah. Life stressors. In my head, I think that was his trigger. I bet he struggled with mental illness before that, and that just kind of sent him into a psychosis, which does not excuse anything, but this that's just, like, what I'm coming up with as to why this even happened in the first place. Right. Um, two days after his divorce was final, Christian Teeley was arrested because he didn't pay a UTA frontrunner fare, and he assaulted two of the officers who were trying to take him into custody. So I guess they were like asking him for his information and he refused to give them their name or anything because he was like, they're like, Hey, you have to pay in order to use this. And Mm -hmm. he was like being aggressive. And so they detained him. And in that process, he assaulted both officers. He was eventually charged just later that month or sorry, sorry. When he was detained and went into jail, he was charged with a third-degree felony of disarming a police officer with an energy device, which I think is a taser. Third-degree felony, propelling a substance at an officer, which threw some liquid in their face, which is not okay because you never know what's in it, right? Right. And a Class B misdemeanor interference with an arresting officer. So he got into a tussle with some UTA officers um, and kind of was he had like a five thousand dollar bail and he paid it and he left a couple days after he was in jail but the officers didn't really put a flag on him to say he's a danger to society or anything Mm -hmm. like that they're just like sure he's aggressive or whatever but they weren't 
super concerned about him being a danger to other people. Right. Okay. So he got into a little bit of trouble, but no one would have guessed that he would have committed such a random violent crime. Right. Though a thread on Reddit did point out that he with being having a high school slash college career in football, he could have had concussions that affected his frontal lobe or whatever that yeah. could like with with the trauma of his divorce or whatever could have triggered something some part of his brain that's damaged with either decision making or thinking clearly or whatever yeah that's possible that that could be an issue with this right yeah i would say Um, so yeah i it's amazing i didn't realize how much a concussion because i honestly (laughs) i didn't know how much a concussion can really affect you i kind of think of thought of it as like oh you just got knocked around a little bit and you passed out and whatever but it's like (laughs) it can be pretty serious and I Mm -hmm. never knew that like until I don't remember what it was I think I watched some kind of YouTube something about a football player like a professional football player that had all these concussions and later had like a stroke from them like from is like how many concussions he had. Wow, that's so scary. But and it's like how do they how do they allow football these days? I know? know. Like with how many injuries people get, I'm surprised yeah. people even play in general, which is I mean, I'm assuming why a lot of parents don't let their kids play football, but right. Yeah. Cuz it can be pretty dangerous. Mhm. Totally. Well, and I was telling Mitch that, like, we were just watching the um, the 49ers play the Broncos, I think it was, and their quarterback, the 49ers quarterback, have you seen him? No. Jimmy G? Oh, he is a <laughs> gorgeous human being, okay? I'm sorry, but he is. Whew. Anyway, so he came on the screen, and Mitch was like, you think he's hot, huh? I'm like, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but I'm like, what's crazy, though, is that, like, he doesn't have any, like, scuffs, you know? <laughs> You're like, like you should look more damaged. <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> so I said to him, like, I was like, he looks like he hasn't been through it. And he's a football, like, an NFL quarterback. Like, at a professional level, don't you think you've, like, been through it? Like, he'd have some so, scars or something? Yeah. So I told Mitch, I'm like, I thought he was just, like, the coach's son. Like, all the way up through the NFL. <laughs> and anyway that's my tangent you know what (laughs) i watched a tiktok of this lady i can't remember her name but she was talking about football coaches she's like i don't watch football but this is why i watch football because she was saying like a lot of coaches are now super attractive and she's like when i think when i think of a football coach i think of like a middle-aged dude kind of has a like a beer belly and whatever but she's like she put up some pictures of like football NFL football coaches and she's like they have no business being this attractive but she was like I definitely will be watching football from now on but I thought it It makes you wonder though like if they do pick pretty people just because it's all entertainment you know well and that's what she was saying she's like is this because like the football um like views or whatever have gone down or something so they have to get like the girls and the gays in for the coaches yeah (laughs) Yeah. it made me laugh but I was like seriously though they're pretty good looking some good looking dudes oh if you have time look up Jimmy G I will (laughs) 
right, right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jimmy G. What team is he on? 49ers. 49ers. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> he kind of reminds me of your childhood crush, Chandler. Really? In a Hold little, on. A little Hold bit. Hold on. Hold on. Let me look this up. You have a type. <laughs> I have a type. <laughs> Don't you think? Like the olive skin and the dark hair. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. We're way off topic. It's fine. Go on with your story. It's okay. Don't worry. Anyway, football players are attractive, but their brains are all messy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Concussions are the real deal. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So is, it is it? Yeah. Is it worth it? Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, the money might be worth a few brain jumbles, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, if you're successful at (laughs) knocking your head against somebody else's head. I mean, people get scholarships, people get, you know. But if you get a scholarship and your brain doesn't work right, then it's useless. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Blah, blah, blah. So he had concussions. Okay, so Teeley was officially booked into Weber County Jail on July 11th on the charge of aggravated attempted murder, the first-degree felony. So he wasn't yet charged with this Spanish Fork murder yet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's just a different process because they're in different counties. And mm-hmm. so he was in Weber. Um, so they were charging him with the with the Weber County uh, attempted murder. Because at the time, Tyler was still hospitalized. So two days later, July 13th, Tyler passed away from his injuries. And authorities then amended the charge to one count of aggravated murder, which is also still a first-degree felony. Um, Of course, that's what he expected, though. Yeah. Like, when people do these crimes, it just makes me think. It's like, what did you expect was going to happen? You're going to get away with it? Right. You know? So, like, when they get all these things piled on top, it's like, yeah, like, what did you expect? Like, of course. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you're going to have consequences when you do stuff like, like, why don't people think about that? Right. Like, did it's you like, not do you think th- that things are going to be better after you do something like that? Right. Your life isn't going to be great after you murder somebody. No. Never. And you're not going to, I mean, even if you got away with it for a second, you still have the looking over your shoulder all the time and you still have the, like, every time you hear a siren, is it coming for you? Like, I mean, I, the guilt. Yeah. And know? well, if you're a yeah. horrible person, if, really, you're thinking about it selfishly up. if you've killed somebody. But right. yeah, like, <laughs> okay. Like, how does that solve any of your problems? I don't, I really think murder in general is just selfish desire of any kind like you think about it even people who like murder others out of revenge right Mm -hmm. it's a selfish thing to say you did this to me you took someone away from me so i'm gonna kill you that's a selfish thing it's not revenge for the person who passed away because the person who passed away is no longer here Mm -hmm. and they likely would not want you then to go and do that and then get in trouble because it doesn't fix anything. No, it doesn't. The yeah. only thing that you could do is, like, make sure they get justice with, you know, the court system and whatever, yeah. which I know sometimes isn't always the case, that they don't mm-hmm. always get the sentencing that they deserve and all that stuff. But, right, like, do something better with your time. Like, don't don't go and, you know, do the, same, worse. the same crime 
and then get the same punishment. Anyway, tangents for days. Okay. So, Teeli's sister wrote an email to the judge before he went to court stating that the family will accept whatever sentencing the court sees fit, but hopes that they understand the allegations um, are, sorry, let me start that over. Teeli's sister wrote an email to the judge before he went to court stating that the family will accept whatever sentencing the court sees fit and that they understand the allegations are heinous but they just don't understand how Christian ended up here. She mentioned she was concerned about his mental health and asked for treatment for whatever whatever has caused him to change so quickly and drastically. She said, quote, I'm not asking for leniency or sympathy for Christian. I'm asking for mental health care and psychiatric attention in addition to what you decide needs to happen to Christian. Yeah. Which... That's a that's a reasonable ask. Yeah, and I think that's pretty well rounded and a responsible answer. Not he was, you know, he was crazy. He didn't mean to do it, so don't whatever. Like she's not begging for them to like say he was not guilty. She's mm-hmm. saying you do what you need to do as the judge, but can we please make sure that he's getting the help he needs? I think mm-hmm. that's pretty like not selfish of her you know yeah Yeah. wow yeah so um a court hearing was scheduled for july 21st but is now on hold while a state psychiatric (laughs) i can't read today a court hearing was scheduled for july 21st but is now on hold while a state psychiatric evaluation is done to determine his mental capacity to stand trial His attorney said in a second district court motion that their client told them he was at times, quote, being directed by outside sources and voices on where to go and to whom to and whom to interact with. Apparently, he would hear noises like a fire alarm or whatever, and it would he would take that as a sign of where he needed to go. Oh, yeah. What the heck? And he told his attorneys that that psychosis or the the sounds and the voices started a couple days before he committed the murders so he was on a fast decline like but didn't he he didn't didn't he commit the murders a couple days after he filed the divorce was filed no that was a month after okay so Sorry. let me put the timeline back okay so the murders happened July 8th and 9th mhm okay the divorce was filed in May. Oh. The month before. Two okay. days after is when he had the run-in with the UTA officers. Oh, that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. And he was released okay. and put on bail, whatever. And okay. then uh, sometime after he was released is when he started this like weird psychosis thing. Okay. And I also did not read anything about him being under the influence of drugs. So I think okay. this was a complete yeah. mental breakdown of some kind i don't know what exactly um it is i don't think they haven't released anything as to what uh the psychiatric evaluation has determined on that yet um let's see it's so crazy how that that decline happens so fast yeah or at least it can seem like it does but who knows like maybe maybe that's the reason for the divorce you know i wondered that too 
there was issues before that kind of led to that. And then he was like, yep, I guess I am this way. And then it was just like a switch flipped and he was all of a sudden very sick. Yeah. I think there had to have been something mental illness wise that was the motive for divorce i would say i mean there are Mm. there can be any kinds of reasons for someone to file for divorce but i do think that there was something just because of how fast he declined from in one month i really think that there was something going on that she could have seen as him just being selfish or him just like being um controlling maybe or whatever and she's like you know what you're too much for me like i'm done with this which is fine i mean that's teach their own you can only handle so much in your relationship that's fine but i wonder if those were his signs of saying like he's not okay and he wasn't even aware that he wasn't okay anyway yeah so Ely is currently under observation in the Weber County Jail's medical unit to monitor monitor his behavior and to avoid any further attempts to harm himself or others. Um, a competence, a competency, competency. Oh my goodness! Hearing is scheduled or was scheduled for September eighth, which I believe must have either been postponed or is confidential because mm-hmm. I wasn't able to find any anything, even in the court documents of any kind, that it was that it happened in general. Oh, really? Um so let's see. So when I have an update on that, when his sentencing hearing is uh, scheduled or happens or whatever, I'll definitely provide an update. But mm-hmm. anyway, mental illness and wow. mental mental breakdowns happen all the time. Some are aware of their mental illnesses and take medications or seek help for those things, but some don't. Some don't recognize them. And even those around you may not even recognize what you're dealing with. So mm-hmm. I got this from psychcentral.com of some troubling signs that you can look out for for a loved one or yourself of signs of a mental crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, difficulty in functioning or being able to function, like getting out of bed or doing daily tasks, having mm-hmm. challenges to take care of your hygiene, intense or sudden changes in mood, psychosis such as hallucinations or delusions paranoia feeling increasingly agitated angry or violent suicidal thoughts or making plans harming yourself or self-medicating isolating or withdrawing from others or severe changes in behavior things that can cause a mental health crisis can be anything from loss trauma changes in relationship like a divorce Uh, feeling alone, switching or stopping mental health treatments, discrimination, losing a job, failing a class, natural disaster, violence, or terrorism, substance abuse, and medical diagnosis. So, like, anybody can have these things. Yeah, like, literally any drastic change in your life can cause someone to feel out of control and totally spiral. Go to your counselor at school and go to your (laughs) therapist. We're advocates for school counselors if you have it. (laughs) Even though nobody that listens to us is 18 and younger. (laughs) They're like, what? Um, Yeah, so everyone's like, "Um, this is like 20 years ago. But okay. They're like, that's not helpful to me anymore. So move on. (laughs) Um, 
But what you can do if you're starting to feel like you're spiraling, you can go to a walk-in psychiatric agent. What is that word? I don't know. Words don't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) I like can't read. Okay. That's okay. Go to a walk-in psychiatric urgent care. Call your Mm -hmm. mental health professional if you have one. Go to an ER or regular urgent care and or call 911 if you believe you or someone else is in immediate danger. Yes. Sometimes if you're in a room with someone who's going through something, if it's not a full-on mental crisis, uh, it could be just having a bad day or whatever. Um, there are some things that you can do for someone. I'm one of those people who if I am with someone who is breaking down, I don't always know what to say and I don't trust myself to know what to do. So I have mm-hmm. some ideas for you. Okay. Really, this is for me. So, like, oh. <laughs> if you're like me and can't handle other people's emotions, this is what you do. Yeah, no, I'm like you. So, I'm, I'm my ears are wide open for this. Okay. So, this is what you do. Stay calm. Speak calmly okay. without raising your voice. Mm-hmm. And even make slow motions so you don't startle them or escalate a situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen. Like, literally, you can just listen to what they're saying. You don't have to say yeah. anything. You can just listen. Ask how you can help. Make them feel not alone. Maybe they know what, maybe they may not know what they need, but you can say, Can I call someone for you? Do you mm-hmm. need a ride to the hospital to get checked out? You know, like, is there something I can, I, can I call your parents? Can I call your sister? Yeah. Whatever it is, right? Where, where, what would support you right yeah, now? Yeah. What is more helpful than me right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> offer them options like ideas. Um, but if, but be patient if they're not willing to take what your ideas are. They may be easily overwhelmed with any ideas you're coming up with. So if that doesn't work, just give them space. Yeah. Let them let them talk, but you don't want them to feel trapped or boxed in. So don't avoid touching someone that's going through like a panic attack or something because it'll cause them to run because they'll feel mm-hmm. overwhelmed and like like you know, yeah. they're being smothered, I guess. So give them space. Let them know they're, that you're there, but you can sit in silence if that's what they need. Um, yeah. If there's ever a point, though, that you feel unsafe, it's okay to leave. Just Absolutely. Make, just make sure that they uh, get the help that they need if you can help it. Mm. If you can't be there, if you know that, that you, you know, you, you being there is unsafe, then that's the point that you need to say, I can take you somewhere but I have to go <laughs> like this isn't right. not cool anyway but it's one of those things that like I know this was a short story but it's super important to kind of be aware of your own feelings of like okay mm-hmm. I'm I know be be self-aware enough to say I'm not okay like before I do anything stupid and obviously you likely won't get to the point of murdering someone because a higher power told you to purge the city. That's likely not going to happen to most people, but you can get to a point of harming yourself. You could get to a point of just, you know, lashing out. Yeah. Lashing out to people, burning bridges. And before you get to that point, if you can self-evaluate and say, things are not looking good for me and I'm being a little bit psycho, Mm-hmm. Take a step back and it's okay to ask for help. Like I am a big advocate for therapy. I think it's amazing. It's not always easy to get into somebody these days because mm-hmm. everyone is like realizing how good like <laughs> mental health is. Yeah. But 
really, if you need it, search for it, go get it. Mm-hmm. And you can even, I've, I've learned that I can even find some help on mental health podcasts. If you can't afford a therapy session, if I find what I need or a topic that makes sense to me, mm-hmm. I think podcasts are a great way to go for an immediate something. Yeah. You've suggested podcasts for me when I'm going through like a specific issue. You're like, hey, I found this. You should listen to that. And I, I have. And, yeah. And it helps. Like it helps you at least to realize that like your issue isn't like you're not the only one with that issue. You know, yeah. there's a whole podcast about it. So. I know, right? <laughs> Sometimes I have to find podcasts about self-image issues because it's no secret that I'm not nice about myself. I, <laughs> I find humor in like making fun of myself but sometimes mm-hmm. I really feel those things yeah, and so like going and finding self-esteem things really helped me you know and I think like at, eventually I think it would be good for me to like go and talk to someone about it especially when mm-hmm. I get super depressed about, about <laughs> my situation but yeah. it's not uncommon anymore for everyone you know to have gone to therapy like mm-hmm. it's not taboo I grew up thinking it was only for the absolutely crazy. Like, I literally thought that everyone who went to therapy had gone to a psych ward. I no joke thought that. A loony bin. Yeah. And so, like, I never thought of it. Anyway, my tangent can be over now. I was just saying that don't be scared. Don't be scared to go get help. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. (laughs) Which, and I don't know if we want to put this in, but I think Mm -hmm. I've talked Josh into going to therapy good i think it would be so good yeah he's pretty hard on himself is he going to go yeah probably not but he he like he's agreed to it but i don't think he'll put the effort into actually like finding one or whatever what about better help is he willing to do this is expensive and it doesn't take insurance it doesn't Mm -mm. so we'd have to find one in our insurance and like i found some on that psychology today that mm-hmm. I sent you and I think I've sent to a couple of my friends recently and I sent it to him and I was like just look like you can just see if there's anyone that piques your interest like because it, it'll tell you about therapists and psychologists in your area and mm-hmm. what they specialize in so you can kind of see ones that specialize in like teens uh working with teens and and then working with trauma um, like mommy problems daddy problems <laughs> right family problems and there's some that like problems. specialize in like life coaching or men's life coaching mm. specifically so um i sent him one of them that i was like okay like this because he's training for a marathon training for a marathon and <laughs> are we all <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> next year i'm gonna do a 5k it's gonna be great yep. i'm yeah, planning no. on it whether but, or not I show up. Yeah, that's that's a whole another story. So I think like having more of a like a, a coaching approach might be better than like a let's sit and talk about your feelings kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We'll see if he goes, but I think it would be good because he's pretty hard yeah. on himself. Like every year for his birthday, he's like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And like Did he just <laughs> hit his half birthday? Uh <clears throat> yeah, I think so. February. So He's having a half birthday crisis. Yeah. Well, he turned 30 and he cried. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think I've talked about already, but it's so funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> watch us we're giggling once we turn 30 we're gonna be like yeah it's it's not cool I know. i'm gonna be a mess <laughs> yeah uh, like it's really just kind of funny because i think like he he puts so much pressure on himself to like be successful and where he wants to be and what he wants to be providing even and like i'm just like chill out it's okay we're doing good but yeah. like he yeah. has a standard that's my spiel i'm done with my story sorry it was fast but oh it's known no. as the utah purge killings because he said he needed to purge the city and i was like the purge the That's purge halloween and recent yeah <laughs> Wow. Well, good story. I mean, that's Thanks. crazy how recent that was. And I hadn't heard of it. Not even a little. Mm-mm. And he's like, honestly, like, I know that sounds stupid to be like, and he's just like a young LDS kid. Like he can never do any wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But like, it's just weird to see a young kid just completely like derail, lose it and like attack someone twice his age. Like, well, same with your last story where that 16-year-old kid killed half his family. Yeah. Or right. more than half. What but is happening? I know. It's the, I yeah, like, there's I feel like the murders are getting less younger. Yeah. That's scary. That's sad. Yeah. Well, are you ready for my story? I am. Oh, no. Are you ready? You froze again. Did, am I freezing? No. I turned my Wi-Fi on on my phone, so maybe if mm. I turn it off, it'll be fine. It could be the wind, too. The wind is picking up. Oh. Well, if you need to go inside, you can. We allow one relocation each per episode. (laughs) (laughs) And then we just give up. (laughs) Yeah, and then we say, we'll just record tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I think we're okay now. Okay, well, you stop me if you change your mind. No big deal. Okay. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about these notes, only because I haven't actually read through them. (laughs) Oh, okay. completely. I yeah. just like did my notes yeah. and said, "Yep, I'm done." Then <laughs> I never looked back. So that's funny. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. All right, I am covering Saint Anne's Retreat. Have you what? heard of it? No. Well, it's in Logan Canyon. It's about a quarter mile past Preston Valley Campground. So if you're familiar with that area, then you probably know where that is. Um, St. Anne's Retreat is pretty much in shambles these days, but it's still there. Okay. St. Anne's Retreat is pretty much in shambles these days, but the ruins of it are still there. Okay. There are seven cabin structures that circle the main cabin, um, which is slightly bigger than the rest. There's a swimming pool on the property, which is empty, abandoned, and vandalized. But security guards still keep watch. And so there's still security guards there, or at least surveillance there, just to make sure nobody trespasses. In the 90s, it became a place where teens were drawn, like especially drawn to, because of the legends of the dead nuns and the hellhounds. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, where is it again? Logan Canyon. I have heard of this. Okay. Okay. The uh, empty pool. Does that ring a bell? Not the empty pool. Just specifically Logan and nuns. (laughs) That's all (laughs) I recognize. Nuns are not very common in Utah. So when they come around, you you know where they are. Yeah, you're like, Logan. Logan. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's probably nuns elsewhere, but they don't get talked about as much. <laughs> I've literally never seen a nun in person. I me either. Like in the getup. Like, is that a real outfit? Like, you're real. Like, you could like quote the Bible, so, like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a part of their outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Can you recite then- scriptures? <laughs> We're so insensitive. We're I, like, I, what nuns? Freaking people that Mormon. could recite scriptures just off the top of their head, like, and have it be relevant, just blows my mind. That is a lot of confusing shit to memorize. Yeah. And, then, and like, they're like, Luke thirty four, and you're like, and then and somehow it relates, and you're like, how did you pull that out of your butt? Like, <laughs> who right. knows? Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nuns. So <laughs> nuns. <laughs> The place what a abandoned. wild concept. <laughs> Sorry, okay. <laughs> so, this place was abandoned by 1987. One night in October of 1997, around 30 teenagers walked onto the property about hearing about the rumors of the old nunnery. These kids came onto the property at different times and in different groups, so not all at once. Okay. As they walked through the woods... Suddenly, they were attacked. They were shot at and ambushed by a gunman, and three men tied them together in a circle by their necks, so they couldn't escape. Yeah, this took a turn, didn't it? Yeah, it's also a true crime story. Nuns, and I'm like, (laughs) nuns don't have guns. Nope. So the nunnery is abandoned, and these kids snuck on. Okay, it's after nun. Post nun has the guns. Post none. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So they were being held captive at gunpoint and led into the abandoned pool. I'm trying to make this sound scarier. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) Is it working? Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Like you're reading me a goosebump story. Yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm into it. Okay. (laughs) So the men claimed that they were security guards for the property. And they began to scream at these children and intimidate them and scare the shit out of them. And at one point, one of the men started yelling, the kid, yelling at the kids that if they tried to run, he would shoot off their legs. Several hours went by of these kids being held captive by these men. Then finally, these guards called the police and said, hey, we've captured a bunch of trespassers. You should come pick them up. And the police said, okay, we'll be right there. Click. Mm-hmm. Please show up. Arrest all these kids. Put them in real handcuffs because yeah, they were just yeah. putting these like cheap store bought plastic ones. Yeah. Take them to the sheriff's office, and then they were all just cited for trespassing and then released. When the kids went home and told their parents about what had happened, you know, Mama Bears came out and said, "Excuse me, like you don't were- detain my kid <laughs> if you're not yeah. a police officer." Exactly. So parents made phone calls and an investigation was launched into exactly what happened. And in the end, the trespassing charges were all dropped and the security guards that night were charged with aggravated assault and one count of forcible sexual abuse. No. Mm -hmm. I don't have details about that, but we don't need them. We don't need them. Anyway, that (laughs) happened. So. Oh. So, basically, since this place was abandoned to now, 
this place has always drawn attention to people wanting to go and investigate and see what the creep factor really is. Yeah. But I haven't told you about why it's creepy yet. So let's go back in time. Okay. So deep in the woods of Logan Canyon, I don't know how to pronounce this name, but I think it's... Give it a shot. I've done it a few times and failed. (laughs) Uh, Hezekiah. It's H-E-Z-E-K-I-A-H. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, Hezekiah or Hezekiah. Anyway, Hezekiah Eastman Hatch built a beautiful log cabin for his family to vacation in the summers back in 1910. The family named the property Hatch Camp. It was used as a family getaway spot until the late 1940s. The Hatch family was extremely wealthy at this point. Um, They had ownership in Paramount Movie Studios, Greyhound. Plaza Hotel, Hilton Hotels, and Madison Square Garden, etc. Loaded. Yeah. The family eventually moved to New York, uh, but they still vacationed at their family cabin. They would even invite guests over, like various Hollywood stars and politicians. Mm -hmm. In 1951, Boyd Hatch, who was the son of Hezekiah, owned the property at this point, and he decided to donate it. Um, just because they, they found they weren't using it enough, they're like, oh, let's just get rid of it. Yeah. So first, they offered the property as a gift to the Utah State University, and then they offered it to the LDS Church, but neither of them accepted the offer. Why? I don't know. The but, LDS Church is always into getting property. I know. And I'm like, especially like in Logan, but maybe they just didn't want, I don't know. It's just kind of weird because usually they want like camp space too for like their girls camps and stuff. Yeah, they have property like in Heber and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they took it down or why they didn't accept it. But okay. Anyway, so the Catholic Church took him up on that offer, and they decided they would use the property as a retreat for nuns, and they renamed it at they renamed it to Saint Anne's Retreat. Okay. It's rumored, and I underlined the word rumored because there is no historical basis on this you couldn't verify it (laughs) nobody can really so it's it's just a rumor so i'm not saying this actually happened but yeah it very well could have who's to say who knows i don't know uh the catholic church used the building as a nunnery which we knew but it wasn't a typical nunnery because of its location the catholic church used the nunnery as a punishment for nuns who had broken their vows they were essentially cast away or hidden and shamed for what they had done wrong. The most common sin was that the nuns who became pregnant were sent there to carry their babies to term. Oh. Then, after birth, the, mo- the mothers were not allowed to keep their babies and they would be sent for adoption. They would be placed for adoption at various places around Utah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I lost my spot. Sorry, hold on. How a church or organization can force you to like live your life a certain way. Have will have your like to give your child up. Yeah. Blows my mind. Like they can't have that kind of power. That's so crazy to me. Right? (sighs) Anyway, eventually one of the nuns had had enough because they thought that same thing. They're like, they should not have this power. Um, she had just given birth to her newborn son. And she knew in order to keep him, she needed to escape before he was taken away from her. 
Yeah. With her baby in her arms, she, she snuck out in the middle of the night and ran as fast as she could into the woods and hid where she thought no one could find her or find them, I guess. Yeah. Within minutes, she began to hear people on foot looking for her. She heard the head nun and heard the head nun kept yelling for her, screaming, you don't, you need to come back here, this and that. Then she started to hear the head nun start to say, and when we find the both of you, we'll kill you. So the nun who escaped heard this and started to panic and in desperate, in a desperate moment decided to hide her baby son inside of a bush. Then she ran as far away in the opposite direction as she could from him and made as much noise as she could to distract the search party mm-hmm. to, you know, draw their attention away. Cause I'm, I'm assuming that at this point he probably wasn't, it probably wasn't easy to keep a newborn baby quiet. Right. So if they're looking for her, I'm sure they would hear him. And yeah. Anyway. So the search party heard the commotion that she was making and began chasing after her. She ran as fast as she could through the woods and eventually she lost them. She ran back to where she hid her baby boy only to find that he was gone. Oh, she frantically ran back to the nunnery to find her son. And before she spoke to anyone, she found him. But her worst fears became reality. He was floating face down in the pool. (gasps) She screamed and cried and fell to her knees. She cursed the head nun, the church, and the people who had killed her baby boy. And then she walks over to a bush known to have poisonous berries on them and ate them. She died soon after. (sighs) If that's true. Mm. How, How a church can say... That they're of God and they hurt a baby. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Like, that is so heartbreaking. Isn't it? Like, to know that, like, I mean, it, it might not be true, but to think, like, it could be true. It could be. religious people are crazy sometimes. Especially if she's being punished because she yeah. had a baby. Like, in, why she was there in the month. first place. Yeah. The, I mean, I feel like. I feel like sometimes when I feel like sometimes when organizations, churches, whatever, when they have a person in power, whether that be a head nun, whether that be a bishop, whether that be a priest or whatever, if they have the wrong person in that leadership role and they Mm -hmm. abuse their power, I think that's completely possible that that happened. And then it got covered up because it's just a legend. Yeah, but I, but I think it's completely possible that there's they use that as a punishment. Yep, I think so. It ugh, that's scary and sad. Yeah. Another version of this story is that Saint Anne's retreat was a getaway for nuns and priests to go. So it wasn't there for punishment. It was more of a getaway, like like the name suggests. Okay. And it was somewhat common that a nun would become pregnant by a priest during their relaxing time. Mm-hmm. And to hide the baby, they would carry the baby to term here or there and then drown them in the pool and then throw them into the well on the property. Because, yes, there is also an abandoned and sealed off well. But also, yeah, I mean, I could see that being possible because like having a pregnancy as a nun is shameful and mm-hmm. Like you see even like teens, like there are stories of teens who get pregnant and they kill their babies because they don't want to be shamed and they don't want to be 
you know, have anyone know. And so they take care of it how they need to take care of it. And that's right. not the way adoption right. would be more the way. But right. Ugh, so scary. So that's rumor it. has it that since this incident, the Catholic Church decided to convert the property into a youth camp known as the Boys Club of Weber. Um, it was a youth camp until 1987 when the church shut it down because of the constant trespassing and vandalism. So it also makes you wonder, it's like, where would these stories be coming from? Yeah. If they're getting such hype about it, that people are trespassing so much that you have to shut down your program because of it. Yeah. It's like, there has to be some thread of truth. Yeah. It. Anyway. In 1992, the property was sold again, but this time it was to a family who dedicated their time into fixing it and turning it into a campsite. They renamed it to Pine, Gle Pine Glen Cove. Unfortunately, because of issues with vandalism, they couldn't keep up with repairs and eventually they decided to sell it. Uh, it was going through owner through owner after this, it seems like. Yeah. In 2006, it was purchased by a man named Chad Godfrey, but... Just four years after he real, just four years later, he realized the property was extremely difficult to maintain because of the constant vandalism, and he also put the property up for sale. Mm -hmm. Now it's owned by the National Forest Service. As of 2015, the property has been rented out to Mark Nielsen, who interest, interestingly was issued a special use permit that would allow him to open up whatever he was going to do there to the public. So many people are wondering, what is it going to be? Is it going to yeah. be a campsite, a museum, or a haunted attraction? Because people want to go there for that. Yeah. So people are wondering, is he going to let people go there for that? You know. Right. So we don't know yet. Um, the Logan, and I will let people know. Once I know, you'll know. Or if you know before I know, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, Logan, the Logan locals say, this is simply a place you shouldn't go to because of the dark presence you feel while you're there. Some have claimed that they've seen a, a large black dog. Some described it as being like a Doberman with red glowing eyes. Oh, scary. Yeah. So some would say that that's like a hellhound. Hmm. Um, some have said that they've heard the sound of growling or a dog snarling and there's nothing there. I could see a Doberman being a hellhound, even though they're like supposed to be pretty sweet dogs and like mm -hmm. whatever i could see that because they're really intimidating they looking look and they're huge yeah and that's all that's all what you know demons are about is just being big and scary big and know. yeah well i mean like so. aren't the three-headed dog thing in hercules oh okay i think maybe i'm it. wrong i don't know yeah because like as soon as i Imagine at first I thought Rottweiler, but then also my memory changed it to Doberman. I'm like, yeah, because I'm like thinking Doberman. of like the pointy ears, <laughs> like like straight up. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna have to watch it. Okay. So, of course, Ghost Adventures has visited this property. Oh um, right. That, that was season twelve, episode nine, and I did not do a play by play of their episode this time. You guys can just <laughs> go watch it. <laughs> I figured I didn't want to piggyback too much off of them, but they do have an episode. So if you want to go see what they did there. Um, season 12, season episode 9, you said? Yes. Season okay. 12, episode 9. So people who have done paranormal investigations 
there have claimed that the energy is always very heavy. Mm-hmm. It's so heavy that it actually makes it feel like it's hard for you to move your body, like move your limbs and your arms. Interesting. And, yeah. Some say that at night in the woods nearby, you can sometimes hear a woman screaming and often see an apparition of a nun or a woman in black. That's so scary. <laughs> Near the pool, people say you sometimes can hear a baby crying. Some have heard the sound of children giggling or talking in the woods. And of course, when you look, no one's there. Many have experienced odd, experienced odd temperature changes throughout the property. And someone said that one time they were walking by the abandoned pool. When they glanced over for a moment, the pool was completely filled with water. And when they did a double take, it was completely empty again. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Some said that if you walk closely near the edge of the pool, you might feel like there are cold, wet hands grabbing your ankles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is the worst. Vis- like to visualize that, that's the worst. Right. And what makes this place so creepy is that there are so many different stories that come from there and none of them are verifiable. So no one knows what really happened there. The end. Well, I feel like churches are so secretive, especially when like stuff happens on their land. Yeah. They don't have to report it. (laughs) Yeah. They might like, you know, like they're not going to report stuff that happens on their land because then they you know get get in trouble and whatever or sued or whatever right so yeah Yeah. i mean i think sketchy stuff happens at all privately owned church and any church facility i think sketchy stuff happens Mm -hmm. all the time i think so too and that's the scary part it's like i mean i don't know we've already talked about like the lds stuff coming out recently yeah but it's just scary because it's like i mean yeah like that's happening and we know it's happening but it's so scary to think like how much more is there that we don't know about it's it makes me think about when they say like there's always a spider 10 feet from you or something it's like there's always going to be some pervert 10 feet from you you know (laughs) it's like they're everywhere (laughs) they are (laughs) you can't trust anybody like no (laughs) it's terrifying i hate that i hate that thought like Especially doing a story about, I mean, we've heard Ted Bundy over and over again, but like how he was a nice guy and no one would have guessed. And I say this almost every episode, but it drives me nuts to think about it because I'm like, no, bad people should look like they're bad people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like that's It's a part, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like the what's in your heart should reflect on your face. So we can Don't bullshit me. Don't catfish me. I'm not here for it. Yes. Oh, I hate it. I hate oh, it so much. Hey, but guess what, though? What? I figured that we wanted to get our outro out. So I made notes. Oh, and I'm wow. just going to read. I know. So I'm just going to read my notes for an outro, and you can just be like, yep. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> or you can chime in if I forget something. So I'm okay. I might have. There's a lot. Here we go. So, everybody, thank you for listening to episode 29. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on we, I want to talk about On Deck at Desk for a second for October. Because uh-huh. October On Deck at Desk is going to air on October 1st on Patreon. So, remember, each month we are releasing these awesome paranormal or true crime international stories. 
They come out on Patreon on the first of each month. So if you're a Patreon member, thank you so much for subscribing, signing up, being a donor, all that. This episode airs on October 2nd. So the day after that one comes out. One year anniversary episode. Yeah. And because our first episode was on October 1st, right? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Congrats, everybody. We've made a year. Thanks for sticking around. (laughs) Episode 30 will come out on October 16th. Follow us on social media at Haunt and Cold Podcast, on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Visit our website to submit your own personal paranormal or true crime stories and purchase merch. What do we have for merch? Well, we have a <laughs> Moon Lake card charm. As you know, Moon Lake was our very first episode. So April has made a wooden moon card charm that has engraved Moon Lake episode one. And then on the inside, it has a little like charm filled with moon lake sand on the inside that you can hang from your car mirror and that's only 25 bucks so if you're thinking about a gift for somebody if somebody loves us that much they want a gift (laughs) or if they love lake i mean it doesn't even have to be us exactly yes yes or you can treat yourself and buy it for yourself (laughs) yeah that's cool too um there's also a haunt and cold keychain with our cute little ghostly guy on there that's only seven bucks. And then we have awesome beanies in different colors like red, blue, black, tan, and gray. And they just have a patch on them that say haunt and cold. Those are 20 bucks. So purchasing merch and telling your friends and family about us is a great way to support us and to help our podcast grow. And I speak for the both of us when I say thank you so much to everyone who has made this possible and listened to us and stayed loyal. And we can't wait for this next year. Yeah. Like, for real, thank you for listening. Like, our our podcast is not the biggest out there. It's obviously not. Not even in Utah. (laughs) Like, it's not the biggest. But it's really cool to see it grow, even though it's slow going. It's cool to see it grow. It's fun to see new listeners come in and engage with us. And thank you for those who are on Patreon, because that's a big support for us as well. So, Oh, and shout out to our new Patreon member. Yes, Amanda. Welcome. Oh my goodness. I know. She's, she's joined the club. Yeah, she's now joined she the club. She's cruising through the episodes and enjoying it, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, join Patreon and you'll get to see what our dad, Bree, and Amanda get to see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for mm-hmm. listening. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. bye. Bye. <laughs>